0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wubi, Director of TORCH, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. So last week we began the discussion of the incredible trait of kavod. Kavod means honor, but in our context of what we are talking about in our Musr studies, It is dignity and the idea and importance of one having the proper perspective of their own self, of them having a proper understanding of who they are and how amazing they are, and therefore not selling themselves short, dressing appropriately, acting appropriately, speaking appropriately. I remember uh, there was a CEO that I, I would learn with on a regular basis. And we talked about this trait. And he said to me, he said to me, it's very interesting. He says, Rabbi, do you think that I carry myself with the proper dignity and kavod like you're talking about? So I said, yes, absolutely. You dress appropriately for the most part. I said, but that's till you open your mouth. And he had a toilet bowl mouth. You'd think this person, wow, he looks, he drives a nice car and he he carries himself well. But then he starts talking and the the speech, the, the choice of words that are used, are undignified for the person he is. So he said, oh, I appreciate you pointing it out to me, and he's been working on that uh, tremendously. But that is also an an example of how sometimes people don't realize that the words that we say, the words that we use, are perhaps, I mean, they, they represent who we are, right? The words we use, the words, the way in which we speak, represent who we are. And if a person is of dignified stature, then it's it's definitely important for one to, to um to acknowledge that and to realize that the way in which they act is critical and important for them to um to hold themselves to who they really to really are and should be. Uh, okay, so now when we talk about honor there's another aspect of honor that needs to be understood. And that is that there's seeking honor. Right? The Mishnah tells us that there are three people who are removing themselves from this world. One of those people are someone who seeks honor, right? Someone, it says, Jealousy, desire and urges, and honor remove a person from this world. A person can be doing great, but if a person is always seeking honor, he's always seeking recognition, he's always seeking to, to uh, be noticed by others, what happens is, it eventually, it removes a person from the world. They do crazy things just to get that attention, just, just to get that recognition. So, it's something to be very, very thoughtful of. Um, but we also see, the Mishnah tells us, The honor of your fellow should be as important and as cherished to you as your own honor. Meaning, honor is something that we all need. Something that we all need, every single person needs honor. Even a child, the child needs, their honor is defined in a different way in that they're recognized by their parents, they get the attention they need. Uh, A spouse, whether it's the man or a woman, some need it more, some need it less, some need it more at different times than others. But everyone needs to be recognized as a human being. And someone who sadly doesn't get that recognition People need to, to be recognized by someone, and everyone deserves to be recognized by someone. And what the Mishnah tells us is that you know very well the things that make you tick. They make your friend tick as well. Your friend also needs honor. They also need recognition. So your friend's honor should be just as important to you as your own. We know that if if our honor gets, gets hurt, we can be offended, we can be insulted, we can be Guess what? Our friends should be no less valuable to us than our own. And that's what the Mishnah Mishnah tells us. Okay, now there's another thing of devaluing others. You know, I was watching an interview yesterday. There's a group in Israel, uh, two yeshiva students, uh, who started producing these short satiric videos. Very funny, very great sense of humor, really great. They were interviewed on several television programs in Israel. And they were asking, what's the limit of your satire? Is your satire also going to go and, 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 and mock uh, rabbis? Is it going to mock, uh, you know, dignitaries, uh, you know, prime minister, members of Knesset? Who is it going? You know, what, what are your limitations? What are your limitations? And they said something so incredible. I think it's so important for the topic we're discussing. They said, who gives the right to mock people? Who gives the right to tear people's dignity apart just in the name of satire? And I think it's such that that is the real there are very funny things that you can you can produce without mocking people, without destroying people's uh, dignity, their morale, their their standing in the community or the respect that people have for them. You can have funny things you can you can create funny content without destroying people and I wish in our American comedy world uh, that we can do that without destroying a president or their family or uh, or a congressman or a senator or a mayor or a governor or, or and it 's on every side. We have to realize that we have every person has a father and a mother that thinks they're the greatest in the world. Every person has a spouse or a child or a, or a friend who thinks that they're really, really special. And when you make fun of people, it hurts people. It does a tremendous amount. It can do a tremendous amount of damage. So even if, if they laugh along, you know what? How much would we tolerate if people make fun of us and mock us? Even if it's a good laugh, it hurts. And that's something that the Torah warns us about. The Torah warns us about we don't, you know, just because you're called a newspaper, New York Times, Time Magazine, or any other paper, doesn't mean you have the right to say something called Lashon Hara, which is a biblical prohibition repeated in the Torah up to 17 times. The prohibition of speaking negatively about another person. In the name of news, we can do anything. No, you can't. Now, if it's to warn people, to stay away from someone who may be a dangerous person. Okay, that's one thing. Even then, you have to have so many qualifications in order for that to happen. And in our world today, it's almost, you might be watching this and saying, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. What do you mean? It's news. Or people say, well, it's true. Well, Lashon Hara is untrue. Slander is untrue. Then you have Motsi Shemra. Motsi Shemra, which is just a defamation on falsehood. You're defaming someone on falsehood based on a false premise so these are things we have to be very very careful about because every human being has a dignity that needs to be protected we see this in the torah that we, the torah goes out of its way to ensure that we don't defame someone that we don't that, that we're able to save their dignity in so many different places well, we we don't i don't want to get into, into that too much but the Mishnah warns us that those who seek honor, honor runs away from them. It means we have to be very, very careful. Yes, we have to be dignified. Yes, we have to. And we'll talk about more details of how to eat and how to walk and how to talk and all of these details. But we also have to remember that running after honor, I, I only sit in the front of the synagogue. I, I, you know, I'm you know who I am? All of those, those things that people feel too uptight about their own selves, running after honor is dangerous. And the Mishnah warns us about that. If we run after honor, honor will run away from us. We have another commandment in the Torah, which we started on the end of class last week, which was, Before an elderly person, you shall rise up. You shall rise up. You should stand up for them. And then it says, Ve And you shall show honor before the elderly. It means it's not only to stand up, but also show honor. And the Talmud that we've been learning at the Thinking Talmudist series on Fridays, uh, we have gone through this whole piece of Talmud in tractate, Kiddushin 32, A B and uh, we we have uh, gone into tremendous detail of the honor that we are required to show for someone who is an elderly person. Why? We discussed this, that it's important for us to show the proper respect, the proper regard and dignity for someone who has lived life, right? 70 years is a lot, a lot of years, a lot of experience, a lot of Trials and tribulations, a lot of challenges. And yet this person has made it to an elderly state. We respect wisdom. And if you see someone who's older, just ask them about life. What's important to focus on? What's important? You're all youngsters in your, uh, it looks like you're in your early 20s. It's important to look to, to people who've had the experience of life to help guide us. So what else do we see? We see Yosef, Joseph, my favorite character in the Torah. Joseph passed away ten years early because he acted with a high honor state. It's called Ribonut. He, he allowed his father to bow to him. His father, Jacob, the great holy patriarch Jacob, bowed down to his son Joseph, and Joseph allowed it well he was the he was the premier of Egypt, but still he allowed it. God knows the thoughts of every heart. God knows the intention, and therefore he was punished 10 years. He was supposed to live to 120. Instead, he lived to 110. So we see that this is a, this is a dangerous place. This, this idea of honor, seeking honor, is something we need to be very, very careful about. Too high and holy, it disconnects us from who we are. It disconnects us from the real world, and it can have devastating effects. Okay, if we see, keep searching for our self-respect, we won't be able to honor others. That means only one who honors themselves can understand and honor someone else appropriately. If someone doesn't love themselves, they can't love someone else. Right? We say, Ve kamocha. You, love, you should love your fellow like yourself. This is in, in, in Leviticus, right? The commandment in the Torah, you should love your fellow like yourself. Well, if I don't love myself, I can't love other people. So we have to really take care of ourselves. We can't honor other people if we don't have self-honor and self-respect and self-dignity. So we have to work on ourselves first to love ourselves, to have the proper respect and dignity for our own selves before we can honor other people. We have to know what it means to, to be appreciated, to appreciate other people. We know it feels good when someone acknowledges, wow, you did a great job. It, it, it feels good. So we should bestow that same good feeling to another person. We think we are the center of the world and all honor is ours. I had a, an individual who told me once, he says, you know, honor is free. Honor is free. Other things cost you money. Honor, to give honor to other people, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. I think it's a very, sometimes we might feel challenged to give someone a compliment because we, we're afraid, like, let's keep it to ourselves. Let's keep it to... The more we're able to bestow honor and appreciation and kindness to other people, the more honorable we become. It says, min akavot, whoever runs away from honor, honor seeks them. It has a different effect. Okay, if we keep searching for, for our self-respect, we won't be able to honor others. We need to learn how to honor And that is very, very important that we have to learn how to honor according to each person. You know, the Talmud says, what's an example of the proper honoring of your father and mother? So the Gemara says, I'm going to take you to a non-Jew whose name was Dama Ben-Nesina. Dama Ben-Nesina, Nesina, his father, was a jewel merchant and he had very special gems. And in the temple they needed, for the breastplate of the Kohen, they needed the 12 different gems, but they were missing one of the gems. And they put out a search. We need, we're looking for this and this stone and this and this size and this and this qualifications. And everyone said, oh, you should go to this guy, Nesina. So they go and knock on his door and Dama, his son, opens the door and they say, hey, we heard that you have such and such gem. They said, indeed, Um, we'd like to purchase it. He says, okay, hold on one second. He goes to the back and he comes he comes, he says, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. My father is sleeping. Father is sleeping, so wake him up. No, I don't wake up my father. Don't wake up my father. They say, so they, the rabbis figured, the rabbis didn't suggest that he wake him up, but the rabbis figured that he's just using this as a ploy to get more money. So they say to Dama ben Nesina, Dama, the son of Nesina, they say to him, well, we'll pay you double the amount, 200 gold coins for this, you know, for this rear gem. 200 gold coins. He says, I'm sorry, my father is sleeping. I cannot wake him. So they gave him 300, 400. I think they got up to 800 gold coins. And still, he was not willing to wake up his father to get them the stone. Okay, so the rabbis left and they end up, ended up finding the stone someplace else at a much cheaper price. And that was that. So the Talmud says, Oh, so from there we learn how to honor your father. From there you learn how not to wake up your father when he's sleeping. Okay. Talmud says, what was his reward? For properly honoring your father and not waking him up. What was his reward? Talmud says an amazing thing. The Talmud says that later on, they were were looking for a red heifer for the temple, and he had that red heifer, and the same amount of money they offered for that gem, he got for that red heifer. And he was paid back for that honor. But for, for that honor that he properly showed for his father. So the obvious question is, okay, so if if we had a bunch of businessmen break down in front of your house and you're the child, right, and they say, you know, we're willing to, um, we we want to buy your father's car for two hundred fifty thousand dollars because we need to run downtown and uh, and close a deal, and it's it's right two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And what do you say? I'm sorry, my father's sleeping. I can't give you his car. They're like, we're ready. We're going to write the check. We're here as cash. You know, just like, no, 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 no. I, I can't wake up my father. Absolutely not. I, I can't do this. And then they say, okay, $500,000. Please just give us your car so we can get downtown. This is, of course, before Uber and Lyft. We need this car. We need this car. Seven hundred and fifty. Okay. They end up not taking your car and they take the neighbor's car. When your father wakes up, you tell him, hey, dad, you're going to be so proud of me. You had these businessmen here. And they offered me 500,000 dollars in cash for your car, and I didn't take it because I didn't want to wake you up. and I say, "Are you crazy? What do you mean What do you mean you wake me up? Such an enormous amount of money, you didn't wake me up for that. What would your father do? The answer is is that Dhamma Bennessena knew his father. His father wouldn't want to be woken up for 400 gold coins, or 800, 000, 800 gold coins. For no amount would he want to be woken up. And that's why the Talmud brings this as an example of someone who understood this is my father and this is the way I honor him. And for every person, there is a different way in which you can honor them. There is a different way that the honor is expressed to that person. And that's what the Torah is teaching us. The Torah is teaching us that we have to understand what each person's unique form of honor is. To one person it could be to have their coffee for them, right? A parent walks into the room, or by the way, there's a halacha that when a parent walks into a room, you have to stand up for them. When a, uh, when they, you know, tie their shoes, you do whatever whatever is necessary, right? But there are parents who will say, stop it, cut it out, right? So that would be a form of dishonor. So you have to, right, you have to, um, you have to know who the parent is. But it could be that for a certain parent, it's having their coffee and cake on the table waiting for them. You have to know the parent. You have to know each individual. There's no one size fits all when it comes to honor. Because every single human being is unique. And that is the the number one. We see this through all the traits. You have to know yourself, and you have to know the people you're dealing with. We need to learn how to honor. We need to learn who it is that we're honoring, and then appropriately distribute the honor the right way to the right person. Because what fits for one person doesn't fit for another person necessarily. And every person, what, what's honor for the father may not be honor for the mother. What's honor for the mother may not be honor for the father. One who eats in the marketplace, the Talmud says, is compared to a dog, and unworthy of being a witness to give testimony in court. But the Talmud says, the one who eats in the marketplace is not worthy of being a witness on the stand. He's compared to a dog. Why? Because a dog who eats in the marketplace has no self-worth, no self-dignity, no value for itself. They eat wherever they are. They eat in front of people. They're chewing on that bone. They couldn't care less. A human being shouldn't eat like that. We eat in a dignified way. I think I may have mentioned this before, but my rabbi told, he was giving, my rabbi talks about this a lot, about having proper dignity and carrying yourself appropriately. So he said that you shouldn't eat food with your hands. Obviously, there may be some exceptions to that, but as a general principle, one shouldn't eat with their hands. My rabbi would always say, one of the students said, well, how can you eat pizza without your hands? She says, if you can't eat it without your hands, then don't eat it. Right? You eat with a knife and fork, you sit properly, you have to have proper dignity. It's also something my father would always say to us, like if you, eat, you, know, you're eating soup, not to go to the food, to bring the food to you. It's also an idea of keeping yourself in a dignified way, to not lower yourself to the food, bring the food to you. The idea of having the proper dignity, where we eat. I've, I've mentioned this in, in previous classes, in these big box stores like Costco or some of the other uh, big stores, um, they have these food tastings, you know, at the end of the aisles, you know, they'll have, you know, to taste the uh, pretzels or praise, taste different foods. Um, so I'm, I'm very careful not to eat them. My children, they, they can do what they, with, with what they want their children. But I, I make sure that um, I don't eat in those places, I don't want to eat in a public place because, the right, the Talmud says he who eats in the marketplace is like a dog compared to a dog without self dignity. Now, that doesn't mean that someone who eats in the marketplace right is a dog, but the idea is that we should be cognizant of our own dignified manner in which we carry ourselves. We should be dignified. It's an important thing because it's also not only the way we eat; it's also the way we walk and we talk. Um, we mentioned this previously that a Torah scholar is not supposed to run. Running is an un- undignified way. Now, it's different, obviously, if you're doing exercise and you're working out. That's that's something else, right? I've seen rabbis on a treadmill in the in the uh, in the gym. Okay, you have to be healthy. I also know a rabbi in Jerusalem who has a whole workout uh, room in his house, private. He has a a coach come to his house and uh, and give him training right give him the training so he can be healthy and he can he can you know properly preserve his health that's that's a very important thing but again he wants to keep his own dignity and uh and again not that it's undignified to go to a gym but again every person has to know themselves know who they are know their stature uh, you know he a prominent rabbi ahead of the, a of the, a yeshiva with hundreds of students it might not be Uh, that, um, that uh, dignified for him to hang out in the gym where his students are hanging out, right? Just, you know, you have to understand that there's, there is, is that there is a little bit of a a difference. Okay. So someone who doesn't look after themselves has no self respect, right? And therefore wouldn't be able to respect others. That's one of the reasons our sages explain that the Talmud says one who doesn't respect themselves, who walks around the marketplace and eats like a dog. Can't give testimony in court. He's edus. He is unworthy of being a witness in court, in a Jewish court, because if you don't have self-respect, how are you going to respect others? How are you going to respect the litigant or the defendant or whoever it is and give proper judgment? So it's something which is important for us to realize that the way in which we uh, treat ourselves is very likely the way we're going to treat others. Additionally, I remember there was back when the cell phones came out. And so that's also something. So talking on the phone is a private thing. You talk with people or it's private. And uh, at the time, this is talking about tw- almost 20 years ago when, when cell phones just started. You know, before the iPhone and before all of that, there was a rabbi who, was, uh, who told one of his students. I heard this from the student. Uh, he told him, I just want you to know that if you talk in the street on your phone, uh, you're also, it's considered as if you're eating in the street and also uh, unworthy to be, to give testimony, right? Why? Because it's undignified. It's undignified to stay in the middle of the street and to be talking like this. should be a proper way in which, okay, now every person, again, has to know who they are. You have to know what's right and wrong for you, but the idea to at least think about it, to be conscious of, am I carrying myself the way I should be carrying myself, and many times we don't realize that we're no longer that little child. We're a parent. We're a teacher. We're an educator. We're a rabbi. We have to carry ourselves in the proper way and, and just, you know, bring ourselves into the presence of mind of who we really are and how great we really are, right? We're really great human being. Human beings are the most most incredible creations of the Almighty. To realize that a a, a human being is is really big, really special. And, um, we have to treat ourselves like that. You know, there's a very interesting halacha that says that a scholar, a Torah scholar who has a stain on his clothes is liable of death. That's crazy. A Torah scholar who has a stain on his clothes, right? He, he drips some of his soup on his, or his coffee on his shirt, liable to death. Why? Because as a Torah scholar, you represent Torah. You shouldn't be carrying yourself with a blemish. You shouldn't be carrying yourself with a stain. Go change your shirt. Show respect for the Torah that you represent. We see that dignity and honor are a very central idea in Judaism. Is it's not the same as any other trait? We have to have proper form when we are carrying the Torah, right? When you think about when we when we take the Torah out of the ark. Everybody stands up. You open up the ark, everybody stands up already. Why? Because the Torah, we said, how do you value something? That is, right, typically in the world, we value things by how much they're worth, right? How much are you willing to pay for this pen? That's how much it's worth. Not when it comes to human beings, not when it comes to something spiritual. When it comes to something spiritual, the value is by the honor that you attribute to it. The more you honor something, the more value it has. And it's important for us to remember that when we honor someone, what we're doing is we're showing their value. We're showing their value. A scholar who has stained clothes, perhaps he doesn't properly value the Torah that he learns, the Torah that he teaches. And therefore, our sages tell us he's liable to death. Why? It doesn't mean. They have never put a rabbi to death for a stain on his shirt. But the idea is, is that it's a very serious thing if someone doesn't understand what they represent. If you represent Torah, you need to carry yourself like royalty. We learn Torah to carry ourselves like royalty. And feel that honor, feel that that dignity. Yes, I'm someone who's learning the document of the Almighty, of God, creator of heaven and earth. I have that privilege to wear special clothes, maybe to come to a Torah class, maybe. Maybe. There are many, many different aspects of giving proper honor. We see that Hillel and Shammai, uh, Hillel's opinion always came after Shammai's opinion. And the halacha always sided with Hillel. Because what did Hillel do? They gave the proper honor to Shammai. They gave, they said, Shammai, we want to hear your opinion first. Let's listen to your opinion and then we'll review it, analyze it, see if we have a disagreement. And then we'll give our opinion, give the proper respect, give the proper dignity, let someone else talk first. It's fine. And at the end, the law, the halacha was always siding with Hillel because they always used Shammai's opinion as a springboard for them to review and analyze if they're thinking the right way. All right, my dear friends, we're going to we're going to end here. We'll continue next week, God willing. Thank you very, very much for uh, joining me today.